Hey everyone, it's Matt Johnson here with Jeff Cohn. We are back again for another installment. Uh, this is basically the team building hangout. So we're talking about uh, lead conversion today and the systems and strategies to improve your lead conversion. So let's bring in Jeff. Jeff, how's it going today? Hey, good, Matt. I'm really excited about this topic. Obviously, a lot of people talk about lead generation, but the topic of lead conversion rarely comes up. And I'm really excited to share with the audience today what we do to be successful with our conversions. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a really interesting topic because if you can't convert them, there's no sense in paying to generate them. So it's. Uh, I mean, it affects everything all the way up the line. Um, before we get into the topic, I just wanted to point out for everybody uh, below uh, the video, whether you're you know receiving this in an email or you're looking at this on the uh, on the website. So below, just check out the uh, the couple links there. Number one is for the 12-hour workshop. So if you're interested in coming and seeing. Uh, how some of these principles and concepts are actually put into action with Jeff's team. Uh, not only can you come in and see the team and attend the meetings and sit in on, on the accountability meetings and uh, spend several hours consulting with Jeff, but you'll leave with a, uh, a roadmap really to, to kind of take these things and, and run with them and put them in your business. So Jeff, you're working with some people right now that, have, that are taking those things home and, and running with them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We This year, we'll probably have over 20 people take advantage of the 12-hour workshop. Uh, we'd like to see it get to a place where we're doing them every other Monday. Uh, there's a lot to share in those workshops. And one of the things that I like for anybody that does come out and visit, we give them access to our Google Drive for life. And our Google Drive is where we host everything in the cloud that we use to operate our business. So it's, I mean, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars in R&D that we've put into that, that we're just essentially handing over to other people. And the real reason behind that, Matt, was I saw all these little places where I thought teams could be better, where people could expand their businesses and they weren't taking advantage of a lot of the systems and strategies available to them. And so I wanted to create an environment where I could share those things and obviously charge something minimal to those that chose to come out and visit me to essentially compensate us for our time. But in the end, I'm giving so much more than I'm taking and I'm doing it to help build the essentially build the level of service that we're providing to our clients and the way that we're running our teams across the country. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, and that kind of not to get ahead of ourselves, but you, you and your team are extremely good at tracking uh, everything through the entire process from start to finish all the way to close. And that's where a lot of these numbers that we'll be talking about today comes from. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the kind of stuff that people get access to if they come. They'll actually see the real database, the real numbers that you guys have. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to point out is that that, that consulting workshop uh, is also available to anyone that's interested in uh, just starting up kind of an expansion team or joining uh, Elite Real Estate Systems and kind of starting up an office in, in their area. You don't have to leave your broker. You don't even have to leave your physical office where you work out of. So that's another cool opportunity. So there's a couple of links to check out uh, below the video. So. With that said, uh, let's get into it. So we talked about the lead generation component before, so let's talk about how, first of all, how are you guys tracking and how do you guys even know what's going on to where you can draw conclusions and start to yes. make adjustments to uh, increase your lead and that That's the question there, Matt. You know, nationally, when I speak with agents, even here at a local level, um, I ask a lot of times people what their conversion ratios are. And it's a simple answer for someone just to spit out 5%, 10%, whatever they believe it to be. But the best question is how do you track your lead conversion. And that's where you'll stump people. And if someone can't answer that question, then they don't know their lead conversion numbers. They're just taking guesses, right? Essentially. So great question. We currently are using Boomtown as our CRM. And so with every lead our team adds, leads that I generate through pay-per-click advertising, organic leads that come in, someone that they meet at an open house or from their sphere, every person gets tagged with where the lead came from. So when the sale occurs and the deal executes and closes, we put it into an Excel spreadsheet and we track each individual lead and place it in a category where we can track, as an example, Google AdWords. We know how many list sides we took this year from Google AdWords, how many executed from Google AdWords, the average price point, the average time on market. We even track how many homes we 
have to show a particular buyer lead that came from each individual category. And so we've narrowed them down to our 10 main categories and we've created what we call our return on investment tracker our ROI tracker, if you will. So we know how much we spend to each of these lead sources and what our overall net gain is from each of these sources. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, so I've, I've seen the database or the, the master spreadsheet that everything is kind of run off of, which is incredible. I need, uh, you'd need something like six computer screens uh, to see. <laughs> see it all at once, right? <laughs> yeah, it looked like you were a, a villain from one of the Die Hard movies if you actually set everything up so you could see it. Um, Here's our ROI really tracker. Enjoy. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so one of the interesting things that I noticed when I was poking around in there, and I don't know if you guys are still uh, paying for leads through any of these other sources, but the, if you like the the way that you guys track them, you were able to figure out just small things like there was a massive difference in the uh, the effectiveness and therefore the per closed lead cost of like a Zillow lead versus a Trulia lead. I don't know if you guys are even bothering generating leads through either of two of those two sources right now because I think they were well over a hundred bucks. Yep, not anymore. At this point. Not anymore. You know, and that's one of the reasons um, I tell people nationally, you should invest in 10 different vehicles, track those vehicles, and then eliminate three of them and reintroduce three new ones. I always want to make sure we're staying ahead of the game. And the best way is to test different lead gen systems. And there's no reason why we don't track everything we do today, eliminate things that obviously aren't giving us the best returns, introduce new lead, you know, vehicles to, um, test them to see if they can play well with those other ones that you're already implementing today. And then always keep the best ones and eliminate the worst ones. And a lot of agents hear that and then they're like, yeah, that's a good idea, but they don't know how to track it to know what kind of a results they're getting. And a lot of times agents just don't wait long enough. I believe you have to give every lead source, you need to give it at least 12 months to prove if they're converting or not. You can't give it two or three months, which is what most agents do. Uh, yeah, well, I was gonna say, and they start getting impatient at about week three and a half. Yeah, these leads are horrible. Yeah. yeah, I hear that all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's that, that's a great point. Is uh, as I've heard other people say, uh, you know, as long as they're putting in their information voluntarily, a lead is a lead is a lead, and every lead source works for somebody. Somebody out there is making it work for them yeah. uh, because they gave it enough time. So, well, and so I'll, now that I'll, I'll even submit this, Matt. Sorry to cut you off. Every lead source I've invested in has given me a positive ROI. And a lot yeah, of people might not believe that. Every lead source I've invested in has given me a positive ROI. And you ask me, I've done everything under the sun, A to Z. I've invested in it, I've tried it. But the question isn't, is it a positive ROI? The question is, how positive of an ROI is it? And how much time and energy had to go into that thing? So what we look at is not just ROI. Of course, we're getting positive ROI. We always have. We're looking at how little of time can we put into each different lead source? How much is the average commission we're earning from each different lead source? How many, for example, how many showings do we have to go on with a lead that came from Craigslist versus a lead that came through AdWords? And there is a difference. With every lead source, we find that there, there tend to be different trends that we can look at. And it's fascinating to actually know the numbers that well and be able to make decisions year in and year out as to where we want to allocate our marketing budget based on the success that we've had in years previous. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, obviously most, uh, I would say a solo agent may not get to the point where they're running 10 sources at once, although that's certainly a, you know attainable for anybody that's running a team that's exited from the daily operations. I mean, you, you have the time to manage that sort of thing. But even when you were a solo agent, I uh, just want to clarify for people, you were tracking everything on a spreadsheet. That's where that master yeah. database came I'd from. Say you, I'd say you can have 10 sources. I mean, when I talk about 10 sources, I'm saying one would be expired leads, one would be for sale by owner, one would be just listed yeah. calls, one would be open houses, one would be pay for ads, one would be Facebook, one would be Zillow. I mean, right there, I'm at seven. I did all those things my first year. Yeah. 
Yeah. Why not exactly. track it? You know, why not know how much money you're putting into it? And not only money, which is what everybody talks about, but time. I want to know how much yeah. time I'm putting into each of those things. That's one thing agents don't track very well. And so I track time. Value it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Right to the point, Matt. Jeez. <laughs> you just go at it, buddy. Man, I hope we'll people stay on that. after that. That's so right. that's exactly right. They don't value it. And so we track time in this form of how many homes we have to show a buyer. So that to us is how we denote time. That's not always the only place we put our time, but that is one way we do track and decide on how many show homes do we on average have to show leads that come from different lead sources. Gotcha. Well, take me through, uh, so we can start digging into some of the different elements, but take me through just the rough overall process of how, um, how leads are coming in and then yep. being returned, scrubbed, and closed. Yep, great. So leads come in in a lot of different ways. Um, let's concentrate for the sake of lead conversion, uh, internet lead. Okay, 50% of our transactions this year, which will be about 325 sales, will come directly from the internet. Now, where is that? It's a lot of different places. It's social media, it's organic, it's uh, Google AdWords, paid for AdWords, PC, pay-per-click. Um, it is Facebook advertising, Bing, Yahoo, pretty much anything under the sun that we find to be, um, that gives us the best ROI, we're putting money towards it. My spend this year, year end, will be around $10,000 a month. And I've shared in other podcasts before, uh, that spend is entirely being covered by my lending and vending partners. So my ROI is amb ambiguous in that it's an eternal or infinite ROI because I'm not putting direct funds into the vehicle that generates the leads. But we still take into consideration this is money someone's spending and we still try to determine what's their ROI and what ROI would be, what our ROI would be if we were spending that money on our own. Yeah. Um, always planning for the future for an event that may take place that makes requires me to pay it on my own. Exactly. So when an internet lead comes in, it's all about communication. And a great book that I've referenced several times is The Seven Levels of Communication by Michael Mayer. These leads want to be spoken to. And in my opinion, they want to be spoken to by the person that's going to serve them, albeit the buyer's agent that's going to work with them directly. And so we don't do, we don't have a lead scrubber for the first 24 hours that a lead comes in. We actually require our agents to be on an agent rotation. So if you're a team of three or a team of 23, like the size of my team, we have our agents in a 24 hour rotation. So essentially what that looks like for us is every 23 days, an agent on our team is getting all the leads that come in in a 24 hour period. And it goes from 8 p.m. yesterday to 8 p.m. tonight. And they have to physically be in our office from 10 in the morning until 8 p.m. at night. And every lead that comes into the system the night before, when they get in at 10 a.m. in the morning, they start following up with all the leads from yesterday or last e yesterday evening. And then at, throughout the entire day today, they'll call on any lead that comes through the system. We're averaging 30 leads a day. So an agent on our team can expect to get around 40 to 50 leads a month when they're on our team, which is the right number to maximize conversion ratios. There's, a, there's literally a point of diminishing returns in that if you gave an agent 200 leads a month, they're still only going to convert about two leads. So you might as well give them the least amount of leads to still convert two deals, which is going to be about 60 leads a month uh, to convert two. We're seeing right now about a 3% conversion ratio. So I'm talking a lot. Sorry, I'm going to keep going. So lead comes in today. It's my lead day. And I'm going to call that lead a total of three times if I don't get a hold of them the first attempt. I'm going to call them once. Thank them for coming to the site. Um, if I do get a hold of them, if I don't, I'm going to call them, hang up. Second time, I'm going to call them about four hours later, hang up. Third time, I'm going to call them. If they don't answer, I'm going to leave a voicemail. I'm making all these calls from the same number. And I've heard people talk about making calls from separate, multiple different numbers. I'd rather them start to recognize that phone number that's coming in and want to pick up because it's the third time that same number has called them. Other people argue- but you're not leaving messages every step of the way. Exactly. So don't leave a message. Don't send a text. Make a phone call, make a phone call, make a phone call. After the third call, then you drop a voicemail, letting them know that you're the agent following up. 
to them coming to your website and send a text message. Now they know who you are. So now you're calling from different phone numbers because they can now associate that number to you and maybe even put in their phone, don't answer, it's a real estate agent or whatever they might choose to do. But we haven't had that happen a lot. A lot of times people call us back after the voicemail or respond to our text message. The goal, Matt, in that first 24 hours is to get a hold of the lead and then determine that lead's interest and then move that lead into a different category based on their interest. And we have three main categories. One is hot. That's somebody that's going to be buying or selling now. They're ready to meet with you in person. That's hot. Number two is a nurture category, which we denote as anybody that indicates that they believe they'll be buying or selling a house in three to six months. And then the third category is watch, which is anyone that believes they'll be buying or selling a house in six months or further out. I like to keep it to six to 12 months. Other agents on my team just say six months or out and they um, put that into their nurture category. And then anybody else that comes in through our system would go into archive. Anybody that um, says, yeah, we're just there looking around for fun or we're not going to be buying or selling ever, or I'm just a kid in high school getting decorating ideas, they then would go into archive. We've created chains of drip emails. These are automatic emails that go out on a, a weekly, bi-monthly or monthly basis, depending on which category that leads in. Okay. In addition to that, with Boomtown, the system sets up an automatic e-alert, automatic listing update email that goes out based on that individual's initial search when they were on our website. A lot of you out there that don't have a system like Boomtown can set this up through your own MLS manually, but one of the advantages of being with a company like Boomtown is the system sets that up for us. So think about our agent day one makes those phone calls, transfers somebody into another category, and the system is sending an email every, every other week. It's sending a text message. It is um, sending an automatic email update every time a house hits the market without my agent doing one thing. And so best practices has taught us that the ideal number of leads to have in hot nurture watch is 100 leads. No more than 100 leads. That's the, that's the magic number. When you get to a point where you have more than 100 people in those three categories, you need, to, you need to start taking people out and putting them into archive or start transferring them to somebody else on the team that doesn't have 100 leads. And why that number is 100 is because there's different expectations that we've set for our team depending on which category the lead's in. If the lead is in hot, there always needs to be an appointment set. Nobody cancels appointments. They always reschedule. So if somebody's still in hot, there needs to be an appointment set. Um, if they don't have an appointment set, then they need to transfer that person into one of the other categories. If they're in nurture, they need to be talking with the lead every two weeks, a direct phone call to that lead every two weeks. If they don't answer, leave a voicemail, just let that lead know, Hey, I know I'm, you're buying or selling in three months or six months or whatever, but I'm just wanting to touch base just so you know, I'm here and I'm available to help you through this process. You might even reference something you saw them do on your website. If your site provides you that ability to see what homes they're interacting with. And then if it's in watch, which is that uh, six months and on category, the phone call needs to take place every month. So we have all these expectations for our agents and where I really feel like we excel compared to other teams I've met with nationally is we don't just set the expectation, we hold them accountable to it. And how we do that is I've hired a success coach on my team that sits down with each agent individually every seven days, every Monday after our team's meeting, each agent has a 20 minute slot. They sit down with Andy, our success coach, and he goes into their Boomtown and verifies that they are making these calls because Boomtown has a way to be able to track that. And that's really where I feel like our team has excelled a lot compared to other teams nationally. So we don't just set the expectation, we hold them accountable to it. Gotcha. Now there's uh, a lot there obviously and I want to make sure we get to, get to <laughs> that. Uh, that was one of the most important things I wanted to make sure that you emphasize, which is the, the accountability portion because you know a lot of people have Boomtown, a lot of people use it, but I guarantee you they're not following through on that piece of it and, and maybe they don't, even, don't have the um, the accompanying phone call responsibilities that go along with it. They'll take advantage of the drips, but then right. not make the call. 
themselves. And so, and you guys have tracked it and found. I mean, you tinker with so many different things. I mean, give people an idea of the, some of the different experiments that you've run. But I mean, you talked about oh, best yeah. practices. There's a reason why you do the things the way that you do. Oh yeah, yeah. We've had lead scrubbers. Like a lot of people nationally use somebody. Um, what a lead scrubber is is you can have someone internally ISA in your office, internal sales agent, or externally virtually uh, in the Philippines through like thousandcallsaday.com, or even somebody that you hire outside of your state in another local in another market that wants to make calls. You can do it any way you want, but essentially what it looks like is every lead that comes in, you have one individual that manages it maybe during the week and then somebody else that manages it on the weekend and they do all the things I just talked about and then when one of the leads bubbles up and is ready to be hot, they then transfer it to one of the sales agents. The dysfunction there, Matt, is that my team isn't built on just internet leads. That's a great idea if you're an internet lead centric team. I've always believed that a successful real estate business is built on three pillars. One is internet leads, two is sphere, and three is your prospecting efforts. So why would I take away that opportunity? 33% of my agent's potential business, why would I take away the opportunity for them to learn how to better convert internet leads when they're going to need to use those same dialogues to convert leads from their sphere of influence and to convert leads from their own prospecting efforts? And the other point is all of the leads on our team that are one day internet leads, once those go under contract, those then become my agent's sphere. So I don't want to put another cog in the wheel of somebody that we're going to hold, you know, essentially put 33% of our business in this one person's hands and hope to hell that they're going to do a good job with lead conversion. I'd rather spread that across my 24 agents or my four agents or whatever size your team is and hold them accountable to making those initial prospecting calls and scrubbing calls. Let them go through the pain of converting. And if you have agents right now, I know a lot of people are listening to this and say, well, my agents don't want to make the calls. You have the wrong agents taking the leads. You don't have to let those agents go. You just need to start recruiting more agents that are hungry and are willing to work the internet leads. Well, yeah, and that's that's part of the expectations when someone joins your team. Um, and if somebody comes in for workshops, sometimes they can actually sit in on those recruiting meetings Absolutely. like I have. Um, yep. I mean, it's it's pretty much right up front. They know what they're getting into. Um, now, if you were to just spring that on agents that are maybe on your team already, right. but you started off from the very beginning, right? Nobody's forced to take internet leads. So everyone on my team does because uh, to be on my team, that was one of the expectations was that you'd work the internet leads. But if somebody today on the team didn't want to work internet leads any longer and just wanted to focus on prospecting in their sphere, we wouldn't make them take internet leads. Uh, we it's It's a thing that you have, you have to earn it. Uh, to work internet leads, you have to convert at a certain ratio and to continue getting leads, you have to convert at a certain ratio on our team, which is one sale a month. The expectation isn't very high. But if you're an agent that continually gets zeros, you don't get leads. You know, we're putting a lot of money, our lenders and vendors invest a lot into these leads. We're not going to give those leads to people that can't close. So to continue getting internet leads on our team, we have the expectation that to have leads next month, you have to have a sale this month, not just a sale from internet, but a sale period. Uh, just to know that you're working the business and putting the energy towards it. But I don't um, I don't require or hold hostage our agents to work those internet leads. And I hear this a lot where when we start talking about expectations as agents and team leaders say their agents won't do it. Well, then don't give the leads to those agents. Give the leads to the agents that will, will do it. And like you mentioned in our recruiting process, the candidates that are looking at joining my team, they go to everything. Just like the 12-hour workshop provides you the ability to take part in our team management meeting, our team accountability meeting, literally the one-on-ones with our success coach and a lot of other events throughout our Monday. We also have a call blitz and dialogue training on Wednesday and then a team training every Friday. To join our team, you have to have experienced all the different team events and get to spend, you spend a whole day with one of our agents that's working the leads on one of those 24-hour rotation days. So when they do choose to join our team, they know exactly what 
our expectations are of them and that we will hold them accountable. In the real estate environment, Matt, you'll agree with me, most people get into the business because they don't want to be held accountable. They don't want to feel like they're going to a job. They don't want to feel like somebody's breathing over their neck, you know, making sure that they're doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. The people on my team want to be held to a higher standard. That's why we're called Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group. We've essentially elevated ourselves above the average. Our team sells three times as many homes per agent than the average in the nation. Um, our average agent sells 30 houses a year. Omaha and the nation's average is around nine to 11 houses a year. And I, th I believe the reason is we have a team of people that want to be driven, you know, that are driven, that want to be held accountable and held to a higher standard. Yeah. And, and just to clarify, they're, um, it's not like they're prospecting for four hours a day. So these are not that uh, the standards and the big scope of things are actually not that difficult. It's, it's just so no. many agents are so used to having, uh, uh, as I think Toby Salgado said, he, uh, you know, real estate provides two things, uh, time freedom and financial freedom. So many people abuse the time freedom. They, ne they never get the uh, financial freedom. Financial freedom part. You know, no, that's a great point, Matt. Yeah. Our expectation is that our agents are here physically on that one, that eight to, or, or sorry, 10 to 8 PM day once every 24 days. And they're dying for that day. That's actually not the problem. The challenge is getting them to make the calls um, outside of the internet leads. The internet leads are easy and my team's doing a great job converting those. Where I've had my personal struggle as the team leader is getting our agents to put more emphasis into their sphere and into their own personal prospecting efforts. And by the way, all of those expectations and putting people into the different categories, essentially our lead follow-up lead conversion process is not just for internet leads. That same process is used for any lead that an agent would generate or for any referral. How often do agents get a referral from a friend and they never get a hold of that lead? Well, how many times do most agents call the lead? They maybe send a text message and leave a voicemail and that's it. They're done. The person's not interested. Well, it's not that they're not interested. They got six calls from six different agents. Typically, mm -hmm. the agent that wins is either the first agent in or the one that continues to leave voicemails and calls. So my recommendation to all my agents with every lead that's ever generated is that they put them into our system, our Boomtown system, and work the system, work the process. And that's what I've spent five years getting um, everybody to essentially buy into is this lead generation, lead conversion process. And once they have bought into it, our average agent, like I said, sells over 30 homes in our market. That's a net hundred thousand a year with our splits. And so when someone chooses to be a candidate to come onto our team, that's essentially the dream we're selling is that, Hey, on our team, you, you can expect to make around a hundred thousand dollars a year. You can obviously do you far exceed that if you so choose, but most people uh, in the business that we're going after are pretty content making a six figure income. Yeah, and that's, so you've set the system up in that way, and you've talked about this before, that you the way that you've structured your team is not so that you depend on a very small number of hard-to-find, hard-to-keep superstars. Right. Um, you know, you've, you've founded a team and you've set up the system so that people that might, you know, either just be average outside of the team or might not even last in the business outside the team are able to thrive within the system if they follow it, which is really that's, interesting. It's that's exactly what we want. Yep, yeah. that's exactly what we look for. And we give everybody on our team the ability to be just like me in that they can run their own team, they can have their own admin, they can have their own buyer's agents, they can truly move out of the business themselves if they don't want to be in the business anymore and just manage the team that's within our team. I never would want to keep someone from having the ability to continue to grow. And I see so many team leaders out there that hold their agents hostage and don't allow them to exceed, excel because I believe they have the fear of loss. If they help that agent get too big, the agent's going to leave them. So I would recommend to anyone listening, if you're in that situation, find a way to help that person grow and have it be mutually beneficial and you create a win-win. Otherwise, you're going to lose the person anyways. They're not going to be satisfied continuing to just work buy sides and you're the one getting all the list sides. They're going to learn that the list side is better, you know, better to work the list side than the buy side. So you need to have an environment that's going to be able to take care of those types of people. 
Yeah, so in other words, structuring, you figured out a way to structure the incentives so that there's more incentive for someone to stay and just build their team out within your team than to go try to start their own team. Absolutely, yeah. Any agent on our team knows if they want to stay in the business of selling real estate, they're going to have far more success doing it under Omaha's Elite's umbrella than trying to go off and do it on their own. All right, so let's, uh, before we end this one, is there uh, anything you want to say about some of the challenges that you either personally overcame or helped some of your agents overcome in terms of converting leads? What are some of the hard, kind of hard-fought lessons that you've learned yeah. over the years? Um, well, the first thing I'd like to acknowledge is any agent that watches their commission income, um, typically internet leads are going to come with a heavier expense. So agents, for example, on my team that work in internet lead, they're sharing 50% of the commission with Omaha's elite. So it's a 50-50 split. Whereas if they sold a buy side deal from their own personal sphere, their their commission rate uh, ranges from 60-40 up to an 80-20 split. So my top producing agents who are working internet leads know they get to keep 80% if they sell a house on their own or 50% if they sell a lead that I give to them. Getting them to understand um, psychologically that yes, while there's a higher expense up front, that lead then becomes their sphere and there's all sorts of extrinsic benefits of adding people to their sphere that were once past clients. That's been a big struggle for me. So agents get to that 4 million plus level and now they're at a higher split for their sphere. Trying to continue to keep them as motivated working in the internet leads has been a struggle and it continues to be a struggle for us. Well, yeah, because then the incentives shift to where they've got, uh, and, and just to clarify for people that don't know, when you're talking about taking a past client and, and putting it in their sphere, what you mean is that once they have sold an internet lead, a house, that person forever and forever is now part of their personal sphere. That's how we choose to split. Yep. Yeah. That's how we choose to do it. There are teams, lots of teams that always keep that lead for their, themselves, even once their agents convert it. I don't think that's right. So, well, we the interesting thing is, I heard that this situation came up with one of your agents here. I think just a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, um, they actually got a referral from someone that was a former internet lead but had sold right. through them and was now in their sphere. The sphere referred them to somebody else, I think even before right. they closed or something. Yep. And you consider yep. that part of their sphere too. So you're, Absolutely. you're constantly yep. keeping the incentive not just to stay with you and keep like sucking at the you know the teat of internet leads, but uh, <laughs> to uh, to to shift the agents over over the long term to building a legitimate, sustainable business of their own. Every Yep. I always push, just like I've talked on this hangout already, I always push the three pillars. So no mm -hmm. matter what part of the business you're in, no matter what the stage is, no matter how much money you make, a third of your business should come from the internet. A third of your business should come from your sphere. A third of your business should come from your prospecting efforts. What changes, Matt, is that when you become a producer, you're just working listings. When I say a third comes from the internet, you no longer are working the buy side of those internet leads. You're just working the list side of those internet leads. And you no longer are probably spending as much time prospecting into the cold market. You're spending your time prospecting into uh, your sphere of influence, your warm lead gen pool. However, you're training the team around you to work those other categories. So all, all in, year end, when you look at your net and where your income came from, a third should come from the internet. A third should come from your team's prospecting efforts. A third should come from your sphere. But the team lead should work towards getting away from working buyers, put all their effort into working listings until they're at a place where the money they're making off of their buyer's agents generates more income than the income they're generating working listings. And when the money you're making off your team is more than the money you can generate on your own, that's when I personally believe a team leader and listing agent should exit the listing business and just work on building their team and turn all the business over to their team. Yeah, which is interesting how you did it because what you didn't do is you didn't go the route of trying to, to hire and duplicate yourself into the role of a listing specialist. You then turned the focus around 
and you started teaching your agents who up to then were working right. mostly buyer leads and sphere they and stuff couldn't like list. that. I was the only person who could list. list. That, so, right. but, okay. you, but you tur turned that around and taught them yep. how to list. So now you have 30 agents who can list, not one listing specialist that you're hostage Correct. to yep. that could just pick up and take the business with them. So Yep. That's how we chose to do it. And that's how I'd recommend anybody does it. So, you know, find those great buyers agents that can become listing agents and then you can eventually exit the listing business and allow them to work both sides of the business. But make sure that the splits make sense. So what I mean by that is leads that I give my team, that I feed my team on the, that came from my personal sphere, I'm making a lot higher of a percentage. So when I give somebody on my team a listing lead, I keep 75%, they keep 25%. When I give them one of the, my buyer leads from my personal sphere, it still stays the same as the internet lead sphere, it's a 50-50. And so while that sounds like I'm gouging them, 25%, you have to understand the things that it's my team's providing. It's a free listing and on our team, all you do is the listing presentation. Everything else, paperwork, input sheets, signs, lock boxes, staging pictures, videos, everything is handled through Omaha's Elite, through our administrative staff. Our agent just has to do a one hour list press, sign a listing agreement, and then negotiate contracts as they come in. So yes, they're only getting one fourth of the available commission, but our, our agents understand the commission goes to where the leads come from. And in the industry, as you watch over the next 10 to 15 years, the person that owns the industry, the person that dominates different markets across the country is the person that dominates the leads. It's the same thing in every industry. And so we compensate based on where the leads come from, not based on the person that executes. And it's just yeah. a different dichotomy. Yeah, well, it's, and it's, I think in any type of environment, the more freedom and the less friction there is, the money will flow to the highest value work and the lead generation is the highest value. And then Absolutely. behind that is the lead conversion. So, um, so any um, any final uh, any final recommendations, words of wisdom for somebody that's watching this, uh, whether they're in the position of having their own team or not. But just how do you get? Um, how do you kind of duplicate? Let's say you don't have Boomtown. Um, mm -hmm. How do you kind of duplicate your systematic approach and start putting some of those pieces into place? Anytime you generate a lead, I'd recommend you have Google, use Google Drive or some type of a cloud. So when you generate a lead to your agents or to yourself. Put the name of the lead into a category. You know, start with new, then have your hot, have your nurture, have your watch. And, and then put them into each of the tabs at the bottom of the screen, let's say. Put them into the correct tab. Then on a weekly basis, if you're handing the lead to someone else, make sure that they're using that same cloud. And on a weekly basis, sit down with every person you give a referral to in person, face to face. Have a time where you're sitting down and you're just essentially saying, hey, what have you done with Matt Johnson? Go through each lead individually and say, what have you done with Matt Johnson's? And, and have a little note there that says most recent contact or and form of contact, talked, emailed. You can set this up very simply. And we've talked, Matt, in the past. I, I went five years using Excel. So it doesn't have to be this expensive, really pretty CRM system. For starters, just start off with something simple like Excel. But you have to have follow-up. And the dysfunction and the disconnect in the industry with every lead source, not just internet leads, is that agents leave one or two voicemail messages. They send one or two emails. And they forever forget about the lead. The conversion that we have not talked about is on average out of all the leads we closed last year, we had 425 sales, but just off the internet leads, which was about 200 to 225 sales, the average person that came in and then went under contract, that, that event took place within six months. Yeah. So on average, it took six months for a lead to register to the point that it was under contract and then closed two months later. So don't expect when you hand a lead off to someone on your team or you work it yourself, don't expect them to sell it right away. Don't think 
your agents aren't doing a good job. Really who's not doing a good job is the team leader. When they're not seeing conversion after six to 12 months, the team leader has failed to hold their agents accountable to these activities we've talked about today. And at the end of this podcast, I guarantee people out there are like, well, I don't wanna do that. That's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Don't hand out a lead if you're not gonna hold somebody accountable to it. And I think that's what I'd get, I guess I'd like to leave people thinking with that idea. Either you yourself as team lead, hold them accountable or hire somebody on the team to hold the other agents accountable to doing the activities that you know are gonna give you the best chance to convert as many leads as possible. And right now, just off internet leads, I know a lot of people are probably wondering, we're converting around two to 3% of our internet leads. So one out of every 33 leads goes under contract for an average commission income of about 4,600. And I keep about 30% of that net. So I'm making on average about $1,200 a transaction. Yeah. yeah, and that's, I mean, excellent advice. And and that's something, that, like if you were to come and see the systems in person, I think it, uh, it would probably eliminate a lot of that overwhelming feeling of how do I install this like right. accountability and tracking system. It's really, it's not that hard. Obviously, Boomtown is one element of how you guys have figured out how to make it simple, but I've, I've seen the Excel spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. It's not that hard to run it off of Excel either. Um, and I think the key to that is, like you mentioned, is to not hit the point of diminishing returns with the number of leads that you're giving away. And most agents, um, I think, make this mistake on their own. They'll generate hundreds and hundreds of leads. You know, I've got 500 leads sitting in prime seller leads. I've got right. 300 leads over here. Uh, it gets overwhelming to the point where you don't even want to get into the system and start returning calls because you know right. you won't get through it and that's where you, you keep that balance. Um, but yeah, I mean, if anybody uh, wants to, if you see the systems in person, it, it makes even more sense and it makes it much more attainable and easy to grasp in terms of how you can install it and get it up and running fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah. if you're considering coming out, guys, um, the 12-hour workshop's a blast. Um, I'm not doing it to get rich. I'm doing it to pay it forward and meet people uh, that want to take their businesses to a higher level. You open up a dialogue with me that can last a lifetime. I literally have probably 40 or 50 people in my uh, on my phone that I text with on a weekly basis who have come and checked out our 12-hour workshop that have become very close friends of mine. Would love for you to come check it out. You come in essentially on a Sunday night. Get We get up early uh, from Monday morning, 7 o'clock, have breakfast together, and then you get to take a part in all of our meetings that go through till about one in the afternoon. And then I will spend four or five hours with you custom designing a roadmap to help your team build in your market the way you want to build it. Not my roadmap. It's a custom roadmap that fits into your future and what your goals and expectations are. It's a great time. Uh, the cost for that 12 hour workshop to come check us out is $3,000. And we take a deposit up front. Once we get the deposit from you, we just do it using PayPal. We'll actually share our Google Drive with you day one once you put the deposit down. So if that's something you'd like to talk more about, I'm happy to have a follow-up conversation, Matt, with anybody that'd like to talk more about it. Maybe we include a time trade link at the bottom um, of this hangout today so that people can get set up onto my calendar or just let us know you're ready to take uh, advantage of the 12-hour workshop and we'll get you on our calendar. We'll send you all the available dates. Awesome. Cool. That's, uh, yeah, I can't encourage people enough to do that because I, I, like I said, I got a chance to take a part in that and uh, it was not only just a very, very informative, it's it's hard to describe uh, how, you know, what it's like to see that stuff in person. So, all right, well, with that, I'm excited for the next, we're going to keep getting into some some awesome, awesome stuff, um, you know, recruiting, team building, and we've got a, a lot of good stuff planned for future Hangouts, but until then, man, thanks, thanks uh, for joining us, Jeff. Appreciate sure. you kind of sharing everything that you shared. That was, uh, as usual, it's a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It comes fast, but I appreciate it, Matt. You do a great job on these interviews, and it's been my pleasure to be here today. Thank you. All right, appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah.